This is the EPLOG audio experience. Family-run businesses contribute almost 79% to India's GDP, making the country rank third after the United States of America and China with the largest number of family-owned businesses. The pros of being a young generation entrepreneur into a family business could be aligned vision and values. The cons may be the pressures of taking the legacy forward and checking if you're fit for it. So, agar aapke pita ji, dada ji ya tau ji business mein hai, is it obvious you'll be a successor with an added degree and some work experience maybe? Ye kaise samjhoge if you're actually cut out for the business or if the business is cut out for you? Welcome to Voice of Achievers with me, Yashika, as I sit down with 6th Gen Entrepreneur Arjun Vaidya and dive deep into the feelings of a young entrepreneur taking over his legacy family business. Arjun Vaidya is the CEO at Dr. Vaidya's, the New Age Ayurveda. He graduated from Brown University, USA with a degree in International Relations and Economics worked in the private equity sector with the Moet Hennessy Group until 2016 when he decided to quit, come back to India and succeed his grandfather in the family business and make Ayurveda cool with Dr. Vaidyas. Having secured multiple awards as an entrepreneur, Arjun is also a sports enthusiast and a mentor to young leaders. Legacy business, degree abroad some work experience welcome to the family business sounds familiar right let's discover welcome to the show arjun hey ashika thanks for having me really excited for this chat as a sixth generation entrepreneur what's the hardest part of maintaining legacy what are the trade offs that it comes with so you know ashika it's actually an interesting story so a lot of folks think that i'm running a family business Uh, the reality is that Dr. Vedas is a startup with a family legacy. So my family has been Ayurveda for 150 years. My grandfather, great grandfather, and generations before were Ayurvedic doctors. But what I run today is a consumer products brand, taking my family legacy and repackaging for modern consumers. So the reality is that my dadar ran a clinic, and so the products business is actually a new one, right? It's a very interesting situation where it is a family legacy, so it comes with 150 years of pressure. And you're not allowed to mess up because it's 150 years of your family's legacy. Hmm. But it's a completely new start, right? And so when I started the brand, I named it after my dada after he had passed away. But it's the products business that we are doing is actually fundamentally new. And so it's an interesting pressure of taking forward a family legacy, but doing something completely new with it. So what do you take and what do you leave? It's a very good question, actually. So you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a quick story. So when I started the business. My dad had a small team of folks who worked with worked with him, um, and the person who ran the factory still continues to run my factory. His name is Prakash Pai, right? Um, and he's so the person who used to the, who ran the factory during your dad Ji's time still runs the factory. Still runs the factory, and his name is Prakash Pai, right? Now, I don't have my grandfather with me, unfortunately, at this time. Hmm. But through him, I get so many insights of what my dad would have told me. Now. 
I'm doing something completely different, right? I I repackaged our family's liver protector into a hangover cure, and so I won't ask Prakash Bhai whether that's a good idea. Sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes I get insights. I get insights from him on, hey, you know, at this time this product used to sell. Uh, it was very effective. Why don't we try this? Why don't we push this? I may not take everything, uh, but whether it's my factory manager Prakash Bhai or it's my father who had more experience going to the clinic. in the 80s and 90s and seeing my dad do it although he runs a jewelry and watch business which is completely different ha huh. i'm just hearing from these experiences talking to my grandmother um hearing about the old days in the clinic and and picking up insights and patching them together to give them relevance to the business today is very interesting for me that's interesting and i think i know that you have also transcribed some of the formulations from your grandfather's time on the computer and that probably interested you so talk to us about emotional versus rational decision making uh, and i asked this because there was a break since uh, you started after your grandfather's uh, death because your father got into the jewelry business so uh, was the decision emotional or was it rational and how do you decide yeah so so yashika you're right there was a gap but the gap wasn't actually that long because my dada practiced till one month before he passed away he passed away in december 2013 and i sort of restarted the legacy in october 2016 officially launched dr reddy's in october 2016 so it was less than 3 years that there was a gap having said that i think every decision right um that i take and i think what most people take has a degree of emotion and a degree of rationality hmm right so for me if i was to talk about the decision on taking on the family legacy uh i grew up suffering from juvenile bronchitis right i was that kid who had pumps inhalers steroids um because i had serious asthma i was not allowed to play cricket or football there was so much dust on the cricket field and you and, and you and, and you said it earlier i'm a huge sports fan right so i was pulled out of the cricket ground by my dad at age 7 and i was sent to play golf and squash and that was really frustrating for me that i mean no kid wants to play golf at age 7 so you know 14 years of painstaking treatment from my dada and i was completely cured of asthma uh, and by age 16 actually i was the cricket captain of my school team i wasn't the cricket captain of my school team because i was the best cricketer i was the most committed honest and uh, enthusiastic player who showed up to every practice first etc so i was made the captain but for me that was a big turning point in my life right and so ayurveda sort of changed my life personally more than just being my family legacy and and because i spent so much time with my dada um you know with my asthma treatment etc i was the one grandkid who transcribed the family formulations from the scriptures to the computer uh, so i think there was a lot of emotion behind that because i had a lot of conversations with my dada right he said i want you to take forward this legacy he pushed me to study science in my 11th and 12th grade so i did biology and chemistry hl and the ib he then tried to convince me to go and study biotechnology when i was at brown in the us um he paid for my first year of education actually and then stopped paying when i said i'm not going to do biochem uh but you know there was always a thought in the back of my mind that i want to do something with this legacy vedya is my last name vedya means ayurvedic doctor and i need to take forward this like i, I need to be a part of this hmm. so that was the background or the emotional side but you know for me i'm also very rational um in the way i think and so i went to the us i saw move towards natural organic products I saw yoga being repackaged, right? And yoga mats, yoga gyms, yoga apparel, um, and a 16 billion plus dollar industry in the US. And I said, hey, if they could do this with yoga and repackage or rebrand yoga to appeal to modern consumers, why can't I do this with Ayurveda? 
right? And so that thought started sort of brewing in my mind. I came back to India in 2013 and I worked in finance, uh, but I came back to a different India from the one I had grown up in, right? So for my... What was different? 11th birthday. I, for my 11th birthday, I was gifted a Japanese electronic sharpener from a store which sold only imported products because at that time we considered imported products to be superior. I came back to an India where we started becoming proud of our heritage, proud of our legacy, happy to consume quintessentially Indian products. I bought a t-shirt. And I, look, I'm very patriotic, right? And I bought a t-shirt a couple of days ago from a store called Motherland Store, a polo which says Bharat on it in Hindi, you know? Um, hmm. and, and this to me was something that growing up, like when in the 90s and early 2000s, wouldn't have happened, right? So I came back to a different India. Um, 2014 Ministry of Ayush was created, huge interest towards Ayurveda, large consumer sector companies going back to Ayurvedic formulations, Colgate launching a herbal toothpaste, HUL going back to the Ayush range, which they had launched unsuccessfully, millions of consumers asking questions about Ayurveda. And that's when emotions and, and rationality came together. My dad had passed. I had a sort of at the back of my mind, a duty to him to take forward this legacy. And rationality said that Ayurveda is red hot right now. So these two things came together and I said, this is the right time. I have the formulations, I have the legacy and I see a big gap. That gap needs to be bridged with Ayurveda. And that's when we set off on our journey. To, and our aim and goal is to make this science of Ayurveda appealing and accessible to modern consumers. Got it. So, so with this rationality, there's another, there's another aspect and I'd like you to talk about it. How do you know that you are cut out to take the family business forward? Would you do an analysis to check if it's a fit for you or your passions or also if your skills are fit for the business or for the legacy? I think that's too much rationality, Yashika. Actually, I didn't do that much thinking. And if I did that much thinking, I would have not done it. Uh, so I think, like, look, I think that there is an importance of having rationality in decision making. But there are certain decisions that if you look at rationally, you will fail, right? And so I think if you look at... And so I think For example, give us an example. Yeah, so if, you, if you look at a lot of the business decisions we've taken, right? From leaving a private equity job at age 24, 25, which was really good, comfortable and well-paying, in my grandmother, the wife of my dada, the wife of the person whose legacy I'm taking forward, told me I'm crazy. She said, you're an idiot. Like, why would you take for this Ayurveda legacy? You're not even a doctor. The industry is not an exceptional one. It's not like been growing at sort of breakneck pace. Why would you leave a job to take this on? And there's nothing there right now. You've got to take it on and bring it up. Now, if I had thought with complete rationality and said, hey, I'm earning this kind of money in private equity. I'll grow like this. I'll go for an MBA. I'll come back. I'll earn so much, so much, so much. I would have never taken this decision. Huh. But I think that emotion, that memory of my dada helped me take that decision and you know I would never regret this decision like if someone said would you do it all over again I'd say I wouldn't change anything right and so I think these are kind of decisions that that you can't think of completely rationally right because there was no guarantee that I would make the kind of money I would make the kind of return I would have the kind of stability that I do or had in my private equity job but had I not taken this decision I would be a completely different human being right and so I think so if I'm reading this correctly, there, there needs to be a point of uh, craziness and a point where you say that now what will happen. Yeah, you know, uh, I think like in front of me right now, 
I have a picture of Steve Jobs that says, "Here's to the crazy ones," right? And I think that entrepreneurs, in some sense, have to have a level of craziness. But I think the level of craziness or the level of incessant positivity or optimism has to have a balance with rationality where it needs to have, right? So I am the first person to say we went wrong. I'm the first person to say we could have done it better. I'm the first person to say. Hey, these people have done better than us because of X, Y, Z reasons, whether they're whether they're in our industry or not. But that incessant optimism, that incessant goal, hunger, fit to say I'm going to do it and I'm going to push for it, is extremely important. And so there's a balance because you know if you've seen this Netflix show Bad Boy Billionaires, those are examples of people who went the wrong way with the balance, right? Right. So so you need to ensure that you're on the right side of that balance, but. taking every decision with complete rationality will never allow you how do you ensure you're on the right side i mean there's no right answer to that question <laughs> how would you ensure that if you take every decision with complete rationality you will never be able to unlock abnormal returns right if you do everything the way everybody else has done it what is different for you and what's the ability for you to unlock abnormal returns and for all of us that's the goal right i want to unlock abnormal returns i want to do what's not been done before because only then will i unlock value for myself for my company for my team for my goal for my vision uh how do i uh not how do i ensure i don't cross that line i think uh one thing my dada used to say is reflect on your day every single day ha huh. and so yashika for example after this conversation i will be going home from the office and i would sit down for 5 minutes and just go through my day and tell myself i went wrong here here and here i was right here here and here and tomorrow i will improve in these places and as long as you're true to yourself on these kind of things right and you don't sell yourself a pipe dream like if you tell yourself that i'm lying to myself but that's the right way to be then that's where you go wrong so i think in that sense um having the optimism is great but don't lie to yourself and come back and reflect that's what i like to do Okay so what if what if at some point in time you realize that uh, this is not cut out for me how much time would you give to yourself to say that is had tak mere hisab se emotionally or rationally mai try karunga aur iske baad i don't think mujhe isse aage jana chahiye so uh, what's the time frame so, you'd uh, give it for every different thing you take on there is a different time frame but you have to be sure of the pilot right as startups we always do a pilot and then you assess whether the pilot is successful or not so for us it's a principle when we try something new we do a pilot and from the pilot we have a hypothesis now if we get somewhere near the hypothesis let's say 80% of the hypothesis then we say okay this worked out reasonably okay let's let's proceed and if it worked out way off from the hypothesis we just walk away right and whether that's 3 months 6 months 10 days 20 days or 1 month you got to figure out the hypothesis and walk through it so offline for example right ayurveda brands have traditionally built in india offline now we also tried offline and we were very very poor at it and so 3 months later i packed up my bags and said i don't want to do it it's not for me we don't have the bandwidth wherewithal brand awareness team structure experience distribution muscle so we're not going to do it right now we're going to shut shop here we're going to remember our lessons we're going to focus on online and at some point in life we'll come back to this right but we'll come back with these learnings now i i it, it was interesting when you brought up the experiences at uh, moet hnsc and with an economics background and experience in private equity 
and um except for the understanding and the experiences you've had first hand from your grandfather there has been no expertise in the industry per se what do you do in such a case do you have or is it important for for someone like a prakash ji to be with you who has enough experience in the industry or would you go all in yeah see ashika i think that um, i am a proponent of mentorship i am a proponent of experience i am a proponent of respecting gray hair as well and so if there's a big decision to be made i don't hesitate even once to call my dad and say hey i'm doing this what do you think now if i hear from him and i don't agree with what he's saying hmm. i will process the information and then decide whether i want to use it or not but i will ask the question right and i think in that sense i think for young entrepreneurs now what i'm doing today my dad didn't do right with with a fmcg and he runs a jewelry and watch business but he's worked for 35 to 40 years and has probably seen situations similar to mine now it can't be a direct parallel but if there is something i can learn from it why not right and so i don't hesitate to ask anyone anything what's the worst that can happen the person won't answer your question won't reply to your email won't reply to your call won't reply to your message it's okay every day i have 20 messages i've sent out or 20 emails as another don't get a reply but five do and those five that do add value to me so i'm not ashamed of writing the 20 other emails what are what are some of the challenging some of the challenging phases of being in the business uh, would you like to talk about some of those and your or your takeaways from them i think yashika the biggest learning an entrepreneur can get that nobody gave me before i started was every phase is challenging and every day you will face a different kind of failure right uh, and so it's not that at some point everything becomes hunky dory you achieve your success and then you're just like basically flying in an airplane or autopilot no but if you were to ask me the most challenging time i think the most challenging time was the early days when nobody respected us as a brand uh and i would sit in front of my laptop and say when will i have emails to answer when will i have sales when will i have issues that i can't fulfill demand and this waiting for those days now those days have come now i am thinking are this problem that problem this problem is bigger so i, I think every phase has its own challenges i think if, if you are asked what the most challenging phase was it was sitting in front of laptop and saying i literally don't know what to do now where should i start fir aise mein kya karte ho aise mein aap लैपटॉप की स्क्रीन पे देखते रहते हो आइडियाज आते हैं ट्राई करते रहते हो एक दिन नहीं हुआ तो दूसरे दिन ट्राई करते हो तीसरे दिन ट्राई करते हो इवेंचुअली तो कुछ आ जाता प्लान या नो प्लान आई वाज ऑन अ कॉल विद द कंट्री हेड ऑफ अमेजॉन 3 डेज अगो ही वाज टॉकिंग टू बंच ऑफ अस डी2सी फाउंडर्स एंड ही सेड अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट कोट राइट ही सेड टू अस हैव अ रिजिड एम विद अ फ्लेक्सिबल राउट नॉट अ फ्लेक्सिबल एम विद अ रिजिड राउट and so for me the goal is to summit the mountain but if i try one path and there is a landslide i'm okay to come down and try another way to get up to the mountain hmm so you're a sports enthusiast um you're a football advisor tell us um, maybe one two entrepreneurial lessons that you've learned from sports and applied on the job yeah so um i'm a sports enthusiast and i'm also a documentary junkie and so most of the documentaries i watch on business politics or sports and through the lockdown i watched 10 documentaries on sports because 
the mentality the dealing with pressure the dealing with stress that you deal with in the sport is like none other you have a very limited time frame with a huge amount of pressure right hmm now i take give you lessons from two sportsmen who i call my entrepreneurial icons if you ask me who is an entrepreneurial icon sachin tendulkar and michael jordan sachin all my life michael jordan since i watched the last dance sachin is the epitome of dealing with pressure 97 98 sharja it's called the desert storm innings where single handedly he ripped apart the australian bowling right and if you think about what he did there it was the expectation and hopes of a billion people on one man because the indian team wasn't strong at that but every time sachin went out to bat in the 90s and early 2000s he managed the hope of a billion people and in most cases actually played pretty well now whether we won the game or not sachin performed right so i think for an entrepreneur managing hopes expectations and dreams of of yourself but also of tens or hundreds of people who are part of your team is really important i think sachin did that beautifully and from michael jordan you know i, I always watched him watch basketball but when i watched this documentary last dance the mentality of winning through it all the mentality of winning in everything the mentality of pushing through a fever to win a playoff game i've never seen that in anyone before how how would you analyze progress as an entrepreneur it's a very easy question right uh, you were somewhere you ended up somewhere now where you ended up were you are you happy with where you ended up or not uh, but if i set a goal today right it has to be quantified and has to be short to medium term for me i i i don't really care as much for a 10 year goal or a 15 year goal someone asked me where do you see yourself 5 years from now i honestly don't have an answer for you if you ask me where do you see yourself 3 months 6 months and 1 year from now i can give you the answer uh, and so really tracking quantifiable goals on a daily weekly monthly basis is extremely important according to me and that's progress fair enough what have been some of your most challenging aspects of building a bootstrapped business oh where to spend because when you're a bootstrap business you have to stretch your limited dollar to the maximum but compete in a marketplace where everybody doesn't have a limited dollar like you have so if the biggest challenge for me is how do you allocate the resource as efficiently as possible to get to your goal by stretching the dollar i think that skill of, that's a skill of bootstrap entrepreneurs how do you decide that and the key here is decision because you can't say yes to everything when you don't have money right and so what do you pick to spend on is critical okay so you'd prioritize according to your goal prioritization is most important when you bootstrap or you can't do everything <laughs> of course so arjun you've um, uh, or your business has used digital mediums extensively to target the users what have and uh, we are in a time and space where uh the marketplace is virtual as can be what have been some of your takeaways of marketing products and digital mediums what are the pros the cons uh see i'll tell you honestly right uh, over the last 3 and 1/2 years we fulfilled more than a million orders across 16 and 1/2000 pin codes to me that's astounding to me having a friend send me a photo from his friend's house in london and see my hangover product there is astounding and i have not done any offline presence in any of these places so i think the power of digital is extremely strong if you look at the recent example right uh, baba ka dhaba hmm 
a person's life has completely changed using digital media right and so i think this media has so much to offer and for us it's it's our bread and butter it's our life it's what we do on a daily basis um but it also allows small to medium brands like ours to reach an india at the click of a button so yashika today you can order my product and you will receive it within 3 or 4 days um and then you tell your friends and family about it across the country and they'll receive it as well if i was to build this offline it would take me much more time effort and energy i think the critical or biggest pro for me of digital is data you get to see it every day and the customer tells you whether you're right or wrong every day so i track the roi of my ads i track the roi of my videos i track the roi of my social media posts and from those metrics i can tell you what my customer likes what my customer didn't like right and it's so democratic so and what what, what would be the cons if any the con of digital would be the lack of touch and feel right and i think that for certain categories extremely difficult for our category may not be that difficult because we are standardized products but for certain categories you still need touch and feel like for my parents for example if you're buying an extremely expensive piece of jewelry would you buy it on digital and use your credit card at some point you will stop saying i'm i'm i can't spend more than this on my credit card without seeing the, the product and so i think there are interesting models coming out to bridge the gap to hybrid to omni channel uh, but i think the con is definitely touch and feel interesting now since you're dealing with manufacturing products uh what how does one deal with customer complaints how would you deal with them how are you supposed to deal with them take the feedback and uh answer it and resolve it i think that's the most important um i deal with i was literally dealing with a customer complaint at 7:30 today um and i take customer complaints extremely seriously and i think the best founders in india take customer complaints extremely seriously right and and to ensure that the customer is left happy satisfied or resolved so i do customer service myself all the time on sundays for 2 hours i'm answering the phone so you may actually call the doctor where there's line and and hear me on the phone or hear my wife to shun the phone hmm what does achievement mean to you i think for, for us it's not awards recognitions etc all of that it is that today there is a customer in jammu and trichy and anantnag and muzaffarnagar who are looking for ayurvedic products and high quality ayurvedic care and weren't getting it and we are able to solve that problem right so for me achievement and success is solving these larger problems amazing oh, and may the legacy continue and uh, hoping that uh, clearly that this is cut out for you uh, thanks for being on the show arjun thanks so much ashika and i i hope you and all the listeners are healthy safe and immunized thanks for tuning in feel free to share your thoughts and feedback in the comment section do rate us on apple podcasts if you like the episode subscribe or hit follow voice of achievers on apple podcasts google podcasts hubhopper spotify geosavan gana or wherever you get your podcasts from send us an email on editor@voiceofachievers.com or find us on voice of achievers dot com to share guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover don't forget to tune in next week again voice of achievers on eplog media